0: Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. I give out a little advice that every gambler should listen to. We take a look at why sports books have such thin margins as we get started on Guaranteed Money. Welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money Podcast. I am Ryan Doyle. That is Anthony Barrell, millennial entrepreneur, sir. Good to see you. Good to see you today as well. uh, You look well. It's been been, been, been a while. Oh yeah. I went without the hat. Sometimes I got it. Yeah.
1: I'm jealous
0: because see, I don't have as much hair as you do. You're very well clothed. You've got a a gorgeous mane going on right now. I wake
1: up and it's like this. It's it's honestly, It, uh, it, it boggles my mind sometimes. The man
0: uses no product. Zero. Gentlemen. This no is product. all natural. This, this towel's off in the shower and he's good to go. He's yep. Pretty jealous about that. <laughs> all right. Here's the legal stuff. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get the timer set. I broke records last time. I'm sure I'm going to probably get under 12 seconds this time. All views on the Guarantee Money podcast and guests on this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as gambling or investment advice. The views on this podcast are certainly intended to be informational and not investment advice. Ten point six seconds. So you'd be—it's record breaking. It's yep, it'd be a single digit. yeah single digits. Almost. Uh, we could- you
1: almost had it. The last, the last syllable was like, boom.
0: I had to have a pause there. I needed a little breath break. But yep. we're getting close. We're getting close. But before we get into the business end of thing, can I just say because I think this is a good caveat for not only people who are recreational gamblers but people who like to perhaps follow out services. There are a, a shit ton of oh, yeah. people selling picks up. I'm going to tell you right now. I've never bought a pick. I won't buy a pick. I don't think you should buy picks. I think if you're serious about trying to make some sort of profit for yourself off of sports wagering, the best, the smartest thing you could do is to do your homework, do your own research, oh, yeah. you know, grind it out a little. Last night is a great example. The New York Knicks were four and a half point favorites last night <laughs> against the Brooklyn Nets. Most people likely thought this is a this is a slam dunk. No pun intended. Okay, maybe a small one. The Brooklyn Nets were without Kevin Durant, they were out without Kyrie Irving, they were without Ben Simmons, who they recently acquired from the Philadelphia 76ers. The Knicks were up 28 points in this game, Anthony. There were people likely cashing their tickets and thinking to themselves, You know, I was gonna, I'm, they're counting their money all right, they're thinking, Oh, this is done four and a half points. I oh, yeah. no problem.
1: I woke the up Mets this morning, I woke up this morning, went on Instagram, yeah. and I see Stephen A. Smith, I see a bunch of other guys who are basically just like. Fuck the Knicks. Like, we're done. Like, there, there, there comes a point where you just can't take it anymore. And it's like, this is the point in the season. I didn't even realize until you just said it um, what had happened. But everyone was just like, negative sentiment, negative sentiment. But, I mean, it's the Knicks. I mean, what else would you expect? Um, it's not the first time.
0: The Knicks have done this a couple of times this season, blowing massive leads yeah. late in games and making gamblers uh, sad. And, and, and I, I mean, you know, you yeah, sure the,
1: the, the, unfortunately, the Heat do it, too. Um, the, 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 heat of bit, but the heat actually usually win the games. Um, but we're the best at giving up 20 point leads in the second half. Um, it's, it's, it, it's unbelievable, which come playoff time, it's going to come bite us in the ass,
0: but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see sure. how that happens. But you, you also have to look at this and this is sort of my word of caution to start the show today. If something looks too easy on paper, if something looks too easy, question the living shit out of it. Oh yeah. You know, you know, it's the, uh, you know, the prism effect. You know, take a look at the prism. If it's telling you one thing, flip it over and see what it says on the other side. Because if you looked at that last night, the Knicks have no business being a four and a half point favorite over anybody at this point in time. And the idea, you know, and of course you had some players missing from the Knicks as well. The idea that people just sat there lazily, a lot of the tout services lazily suggested, and I did a big review of them today, that the Knicks were going to win this thing and cover no problem. That's not doing your homework folks does it feel like no. I'm starting with a lecture today I feel like I'm starting with
1: a I think people need to be lectured from time to time I mean and people need to just wake up I mean if this was as easy as picking favorites and just going down the list the the the, the books would be out of business and everyone would be rich um, I mean it's I, I think it needs to be uh, there needs to be some emphasis on uh, on educating yourself
0: before you actually go into something and definitely don't just think the favorites are gonna blindly win that's a great lead into the, the conversation I wanted to have with you because this is the question I get asked. Uh, especially in the wake of the Super Bowl. I don't know if you found this this week, but because the Super Bowl sets so many records when it comes to, you know, handle, when it comes to how many bets and the number, when it comes to the dollar amount of how much was taken in, people then look and say, well, why aren't these companies making so much in revenue? If they're taking in billions, why are we in a situation where the revenue number is so small? Why are the margins so low? And I wanted to have this conversation with you as well, because revenue from, you know, the, the, the betting sector, so Caesars, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM totaled $4.29 billion. Yeah. But the number, when you look at what they took in, they took in $53 billion. People have a tough time squaring why the number that they've taken in is so high, yet the revenue number is so low. And the American Gaming Association CEO said, don't expect it to be any more than 8 to 10%. That's the lane that they live in and oh, yeah. for quite some time. Can you explain it and break it down for people?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's raised, it's raised within margins. They're not just because the revenue is transacting on the platform doesn't mean that that's what the house is bringing in. I mean, there's a lot of losses, there's a lot of wins, and there's a lot of equilibrium that needs to be shared. But I mean, also when people look at these companies, like this is an arm race for the consumer. Like if you expect these people, these companies to make money in their current state, of the of the industry, I mean, you got another thing coming. Look at Amazon. Look at Facebook. Look at look at Google. Look at any of these companies that just burn, burn, burn. Um, Long term, they some of them are going to turn a profit, but I mean, until those marketing costs come down and your user acquisition costs come down and your LTV goes up, um, you're you're not going to be making money. And I mean, to adjust around those thin margins, as far as I'm concerned, eight to ten percent of a take that's it's pretty thin, all things considered, from a revenue producing. Uh, portion of your business, so I mean it's uh yeah I think time will tell I think like we've said on the last episode you're going to see some consolidation but I mean just because I wouldn't get caught up in the top line revenue number um especially if you're looking at the fundamentals of purchasing any of these publicly traded companies
0: it's interesting you say that though because I think that the savvy investor probably doesn't but I'm going to guess the person that's you know jumping in for the first time they think oh, that yeah. sports wagering is a great investment they see the ads and think. Wow, this company made all of this money this past weekend. I've got to put some of my money behind it to make sure that I back them on the market for when they pop. That's yeah. not necessarily going to be a correlation. That's not necessarily understand who they are. Understand why the margins are as thin as they are. Because if you look at some of the other sports or, or the other gambling platforms like slot machines, your typical brick and mortar stuff, people lose more. Like, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. just, that's just the that's just the honest truth of it all. I mean, to dumb it down for
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, also with these businesses, I mean, I wouldn't be investing in any of these just on a pure thesis of, oh, the gambler is going to uh, just keep pouring money in. And then that's how they're going to make their money. They're going to make their money from turning these platforms into marketing machines. They're going to make their money from going into strategic relationships. They're going to be able to monetize that user base way more dynamically than simply just top line gambling, uh, top line money in at the book, profit at the bottom of the book, um there's a lot more to be told, to be to be said um for their business models and i mean you're just going to have to wait down the line for that to unfold because i mean these are going to be ecosystems they're daily fantasy sports they're sports books they're going to go across probably a, a variety of portfolio a, build a portfolio of ways to really create those touch points with the consumer and monetize you six different ways before you even touch the book um as, as far as that's concerned
0: is it's- that's interesting to me because that's why I love that we're not mainstream media because I think mainstream media gloms on to the the big oh, yeah. number. They put it out there, they pump it out there, and they expect everybody just to do their own homework, which we know people aren't doing. You broke that down perfectly. There are going to be a, a wide range of products in that ecosystem that are going to make people spend money or give out their oh, yeah. information or something that's going to be worthwhile, that something's going to have a, a worth to it. Why do you think that it is that we don't see that message put out there more broadly?
1: Um, I think a lot of it is to be developed um, in these ecosystems. I think a lot of it, people get caught up in, oh, this is a sports book. Their core competency is sports betting. That's how they're going to make all their money. I would challenge you to go look through how Caesars Casinos really makes all their money. And it's probably in the rooms and it's in the hospitality. Um, It's not all being derived from that casino. Um, These sports books and these wagering platforms such as DraftKings, FanDuel, Penn, they're all building a platform company that just doesn't happen overnight. And it sure as hell doesn't uh, evolve from just one line of business. Um, They need to be diversified and they need to be generating revenue a ton of different ways, especially when you look at a take margin like that. And I mean, eight to 10%, it's a, it's, it's thin. I mean, it's thin. I mean, I'm sure it it expands and contracts. So, I mean, you'll probably get as great as 15 and probably as little as six um, depending on the events that are going on. But I mean, you're not going to live and die by that. You're going to live and die by monetizing your user base and creating different revenue streams um, within that platform that they're building and gobbling up
0: the competition. You know, it's interesting. I'm on DraftKings site quite a bit in the, in the news section and, and some of the things that they hold important. They've, a whole, they've got a whole section dedicated to NFPs, which, oh, I, yeah. which I find interesting, right? They keep all track of that, which I think tips the hand to where they might be headed within that. Yeah, they partnered with, they partnered with Autograph. Um, they, they partner with Autograph. They're the
1: official marketplace for Autograph uh, NFTs um, outside of the actual native platform um, for Autograph. So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I would not be surprised if DraftKings and FanDuel get into digital collectibles, get into ticketing. I wouldn't be surprised if they start uh, to start podcasts and then also start alternative uh broadcasting mediums, kind of like what you saw with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning um, on sure. Monday Night Football. I mean, it's sports. There's there's way more money to be made than simply the product on the field. And I mean, these companies are smart enough and have the resources to where they're going to build these ecosystems, to where they're just monetizing the sports consumer. It leads you in with sports betting, but there's going to be a ton of different ways that you can participate and that they're going to get you and that
0: they're going to extract uh, marketing dollars from their affiliates. We also had a, a warning out. From one analyst, Edward Engel, who's at Roth Capital, he basically is, is sounding the alarm when it comes to and the amount of cash that they're burning through. Something we've talked about on the show before when it comes to promotion, uh, the, the money that they're burning in, in bonuses and whatnot. This was a guy who was pretty bullish on DraftKings early on. So now he's sent, you know, sent, sending the alarm off and saying, hey, listen, uh, I've got a little concern here with what, what's going on. This of course, just ahead. Of DraftKings on Friday announcing what their Q4 looked like for 2021. What do you make of this guy's comments?
1: I, I mean, this might be a not the <laughs> this, this might not be the best take, but I mean, I don't really buy in too much to what the analysts are saying um about okay. these companies, especially in a high growth sector such as gambling. I mean, if you want to go back and look at the cannabis sector and look at all the calls that the analysts had in in regards to the industry, they had no fucking idea what they were doing. Um, granted, they're very intelligent and they have an educated opinion and they do have substance to them. And I mean, I do think it's a very big concern that is DraftKings ever going to be able to get out of the uh massive burn um that they're incurring as well as their peers. Um, but I mean, time will tell. Um these companies are gonna grow, these companies are going to evolve. I mean, your marketing budget, you can expand and you can retract. If they need to slash it by 50%, but their customers are sticky and the revenue is still there, that's something that can happen. If they were selling an actual product and the costs were egregious, as well as the marketing was high, then I think that'd be cause for concern. But I mean, these Wall Street analysts, as far as I'm concerned, they're very short, short-sighted, um, especially in their, in their buy ratings and their sell ratings and in their analysis. Um, the market can always change. And I mean, they can change at the drop of a dime if they go to, cons- uh, go, go to acquire someone else, if they get acquired, um, or if they start launching new products. So I mean, I do say I, there is merit there. But I mean, I don't take Wall Street analysts uh,
0: anytime at face value. Are you talking about just in this sector and in this space? Or are you just saying overall, we've got a short-sighted nature? Uh,
1: I mean, they, it, it's kind of like what, like, what have you done for me lately? Um, as, as far as everything is concerned, it's why they come out with price targets on a quarterly basis. It's why they come out with notes on a weekly basis. Um, just from what I've seen in the cannabis sector with the re-ratings and just with the changing of opinions um, at the drop of a dime, I mean, I think growth sectors and new sectors um, while they do warrant equity research, and while like I said, it does it, it does uh, it, it does have merit to it. I think it's very it, the, the, there's not a lot of uh, proof. there's not a lot of, of proven facts in it. It's a lot of speculation, right. Um, now, I'm not saying you would be wrong. I mean, you very well could be right, but that model could change in 30 days. Um, so as far as my investment thesis, I mean, I buy for the longer term. I'm not trading. Sure. Um, so I mean, I would buy around that or I would start to formulate a thesis on what a long-term investment for me looks like or a position in one of those companies and what I think it's going to look like three years from now, um, not two months.
0: All right, speaking of speculation, right. We're going to do some speculation in a few minutes' time. I'm going to give you the winner of the Genesis Open this weekend. My golf's been red. Like, just, we're going to put that on yeah. the table. Yeah. My golf has you been red hot. Uh, we're going to see if you're going to dip into the world of NASCAR it's the Daytona 500. So we'll see if you've got somebody in mind for the Daytona 500. I will also give you a little bit of a, an edge when it comes to the NBA all-star game this weekend. Yeah. I said that the NBA all-star game. All right. This is the portion of the show. Uh, you know, we get a lot of feedback on this. And of course we encourage your comments. So if you're watching this uh, for the first time, send us a comment, drop us a comment. We'd love to be interactive and, and have conversations with you because this is all, you know, a lot of what guaranteed money is about is not only the investment side of things, but having conversations with actual gamblers. And investors about what they like, what their eye is on. Uh, golf has been good to me this year. I'm not going to lie. I'm off, I'm off to a hot start. Uh, this weekend is the Genesis Open. And I have to, this is one of those where, I, Anthony, I'm either going to swing real hard and miss and go down just in flames, or I'm going to look like an absolute genius come Monday. I hope we don't have the same picks. All right. My guy for the Genesis Open, and I, I bet this this morning, I bet him to win the first round and I bet okay. him to win to win the whole tournament. His name's Sam Burns. I got Sam Burns at plus 4,000 to win the whole tournament. Now, hear me out. He finished his runner-up last year. Since the start of the 2021 season, he's racked up 11 top 10 finishes. Six times in that same period, he has led a tournament at some stage during the week. So that's why I picked him to to lead and get out there to a hot start. If you look at this, his last three trips to this tournament alone, he finished among the top five once. His average finish at this event is 13th. I think he wants to make a little bit of amends a here. He had, you know, he flamed out towards the end of the tournament last year. He's finished with the best score in the field in two rounds the last mm-hmm. time here at this course. I'm going to take Sam Burns. I, I mean, again, it could be a huge swing and miss, but I like it. It's a massive money. You do, and I will put this caveat on it. You do have a lot of the top players in the world in this tournament, so it's not like the last. Yeah, it's, few a stacked, weeks. it's a stacked. It's a stacked tournament. Yeah, you've yeah. got the top ten in there, I believe. So DJ's DJ's tournament. finally out there. Yeah, it's a stack tournament. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people like like Kepka They've been been, been talking about him because he's at runs. But I'm going to stick with Sam Burns and go and ride with that that no name kind of last couple of weeks that we've been having.
1: I'm taking two. They're two of my favorite golfers, but they're also two uh, I say favorites. Um, I'm taking Morikala at plus two thousand, okay. and then I take Xander Shoffley at plus twenty two hundred. Um, I like the way Shoffley played last weekend. I mean, I think he's due. And I mean the two of these guys are thinner, He did. Yeah, he did. And uh but I think they're both they're both killers. I mean, their iron game is solid. They're both long off the tee. I mean, I'll take I'd take both of them to uh either of them to win this uh All this right, weekend.
0: So you're on Shoffley, you're on Morikawa. I'm running one pony this weekend. Really? I'm gonna do top top five for Sam Burns, opening day opening day, winning round for Sam Burns, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the kid for for the whole ball of wax to win the whole thing. It's, it's not a bad game. bet. I just feel like Maury's due. Now, did you ditch your F1 hat for a couple of minutes so that we could talk a little bit about the Daytona 500 this weekend? I did. I did. Okay. You want to go first on this? You want to put yourself out there? Um, I'm
1: taking the relatives, Kyle and Kurt Busch. Okay.
0: Any reason why? Just nope. Just like, like,
1: no, <laughs> Nope. no, nope. <laughs> nope. they're this- the, they're, they're, to be honest, they're, they're, they're two of the guys that I recognized. Um, I know they're hell of a, I know they've got a pedigree. I know they're, they're pretty good drivers. They're on good teams. Um. And to be honest, they were the two guys that I recognized in the top ten. Um, so I'll take I'll take uh, Kurt and Kyle Bush. All right, fair
0: enough. Now Denny Hamlin has won three, sl-
1: yeah, three yeah. since 2016
0: in this race. 2016, 2019, 2020, uh, he finished fifth last year. He's hoping for a big weekend, start off the season right. Uh, you had Chase Elliott, who was the runner up. I don't love him. I know a lot of people are on Kurt Larson, even though he has never won this before. I'm going to go back to 2015. Joey Logano has won this race before. Uh, he's That's actually another name dri- that I knew as well. Yeah, he's one of the most aggressive yeah. drivers in the field. I'd say other than Denny Hamlin, uh, Joey Logano is going to be up there. He, he doesn't he doesn't make a lot of friends out there on the racetrack. Uh, he battled Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin to uh, to win in 2015 when he had the W. I'm going to take Joey Logano plus 1,200. I think that there's some value there. And you know, this is a weird time here. We're not going to we're not going to lie to you. Normally we'd be talking a little bit about baseball. You have spring training underway. You have people down in Anthony's Neck of the Woods, down in Florida, batting some balls around out there in Arizona, playing some Cactus League. But there's no baseball. We don't know where the status of baseball is. So we got to talk about some of the junior level sports. And of course, that includes All-Star Games. The NBA All-Star Game is coming out, of course, uh, a year ago. Team LeBron uh, beat Team Durant 170 to 150. Now do the math on that. That works out to 320. You want to talk about sharp odds makers? The total in that game was three hundred and nineteen and a half. That's
1: crazy. That guy deserves a raise. Yeah, I don't. To to me, that that blows my mind, especially because it's like a one off game, and like you're not. I don't know how they do that. Like to me, that's just that that that's crazy that they're that precise. Um, Because I mean, obviously, forecasting a regular season game, you've got data sets and you've got variables that you know are are static. Um, as far as the players go, the matchups go, and how the teams really operate. But in an all-star game, to be within a half point at uh, at 320, thats I find that pretty remarkable.
0: I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, the WNBA all-star game was going on. And the guy, I guess, wasn't paying attention. The, one of the main bookmakers. And he set the line and sort of did a set of forget it kind of thing. He went in the shower, didn't notice that his phone was blowing up. The total was ridiculously low really? for an all-star game. Yeah, and he, got it, he didn't get fired for it. But can you imagine that? <laughs> Just showering, things? I mean, great job setting that up. Yeah. Um, and um, I actually and like go, the NBA
1: All Star Game. I think it's a much better product than the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, it's, much better product than the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, they have fun. They yeah. compete. You know, once it gets started, once that whistle blows, they're they're ready for action. I like the over here. Just very quickly, I'll throw it out there. It's at three nineteen and a half again. I okay. think that they probably get it done. History will repeat itself, and that we will see an over in that game, and it'll be fun to watch. I love the All Star Game. I love the. uh, Stuff on the Saturday night as well, the dunk competition, the three point oh, shot, yeah. you know, competition. That's just fun stuff. I'm not going to put any big money on it, but maybe you know, have a little sprinkle here and there for some fun and entertainment.
1: Yeah, um, I watch all that stuff every year: dunk contest, uh, three point contest, and then the and then the All Star game. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in probably a decade, um, so I could just tell you how much how much more I enjoy that uh, that product versus the Pro Bowl.
0: Now, if the Bush Brothers win the Daytona 500 this weekend, how much are you going to chirp for next week? A lot
1: aggressive um, aggressive to be honest it's it's more of it's it's more of just a random I, I would chalk it up to pure luck um because yeah. I literally just looked and went oh, okay, you too um that's that and I just picked them because they had the same name um but I mean yeah we'll 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 see I might actually watch the uh watch the last couple laps for uh, for daytime it's on Sunday right they're not Saturday. Right. Saturday races yeah, that's right they've got the
0: whole ruless the and stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, that's us for Guaranteed Money. A great conversation. We had a great time with Steve Boudin, and uh, we'll have a great time watching all of the events this weekend. We will, of course, be back next week. Don't forget to subscribe, to like, to make some comments, and let us be part of your lives. So we love to talk about gambling and investing in gambling and the, the companies that surround it. So uh, drop us a line, throw a comment in there. Anthony, always a pleasure. Yep. Look forward to it next week. Subscribe to Guaranteed Money wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at thedalesreport.com. Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.